So I asked the Lord, what should I teach the people this morning? And um, I asked him, what, what should I preach? And um, he told me to preach about his love. So this morning, I will be briefly sharing with us about the love of God. And so that's what I want to talk about. You're not interested in hearing that. What topic do you want? All right, First John chapter 4. So we talk about the love of God, and I believe there's a way God wants us to see it. And I trust God for an impartation. I prayed, and I'm just, I believe more in his ability to answer prayers than in my ability to pray. And so first John chapter four is what is where we will lay the very introductory concept that will drive the narrative and the spirit that I am intending to drive. And um, only the Holy Spirit can convey the words of God. Again, I want you to know that I'm so excited to see you. Um, fellowship with you every time is a big deal. It's always a big deal to others gather together. And um, it's better seeing you than not seeing you. And so um, I'm happy that you're here. We thank God also for the baby dedications that we've been having, the one we had today also. I think this strategy is working. We have to Stay glued to it. Uh, let's just grow the church by making babies. <laughs> First John chapter 1. We'll start from verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God. In this was manifested the love of God. One of the, my major emphasis in today's teaching is the word manifested. In this was manifested the word of God. It's just a simple word, but the truth is the word of God always takes this character. It's a character of manifestation. The word of God is manifested. In this was manifested. The point here is that the love of God is not just a dormant thing. It's always an active thing. It's always manifested. It's always manifested. Praise God. In this was manifested. In John 3, 16, the Bible says, For God so loved that. The word that is what we see here also. In this was the love what manifested. So the word of God, the love of God is not a theory. Are we together here? It's not a theory. It's not a concept. It manifests. 
it behaves, it acts. In fact, it's all about acting. Are we together here? Have you, have you loved someone and you kept it to yourself? Yes. 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 Have you loved someone you didn't want it to get into the person's head? Yes. Yes. Do you know some people you really love? There's some people you, do you know, you have fought people. And if they can, if they could check it very well, it was because you loved them. You know those primary school love? You, you, you love him or love her, but you're always fighting. And the reason is because you love the person. Yeah. We do that a lot. There are people you love, you don't greet. There are people you love that you criticize. I say, what? Kilo shit, kilo. Who does she think she is? But the day that person greets you, And make you their friend. Then you now find out that that's all you wanted. And because you couldn't get it, you start fighting. You see, some people fight you. It's not because they hate you. It's because they are angry. They don't have an opportunity to be close to you. Yeah. Yeah. And you also fight some people not because you hate them. The day the person calls you and say, you know, I just want to hang out with you. Now, the love of God is not like that. Praise God. It's not like that. The love of God is never like that. It takes a consistent shape and is to manifest. If God loves you, you will know, Shan. It will manifest it. Now, that is the basis of our relationship with God. You see, if you understand this, you would understand a lot of other things. The way our mind will function, because God is holy and God is great, when we come into the same room or the same space or we are relating with him, we always want our own love to manifest or our righteousness to manifest. Many times you want to prove to God that you are not that terrible. That's, that's usually how we relate with God. Our, our desire to show him that we are not terrible people many times comes before his love for us. A lot of you in your relationship with God, you are busier than God. Yeah. You are doing more than God. You want God to just know that. Ah, you cannot count three lovers and you won't count me. Are we here? So we are are willing to give more to God than to receive from him. Yeah. A lot of us are like that. Do you know how many of you have told God you disappointed him? How many of you have told God that? I have. I said, God, you know, I just disappointed you. Because you, you somehow come first in the old dynamics of your work with God. You come first. But the Bible says here that, oh, thank you, Father. 
you know, I'm so happy. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So, God has taken the responsibility of our living. To live. God's love has taken the responsibility. Meaning that God has said that in my, in my relationship with you, it's my responsibility that you live. Oh my God. Now when you look at this manifestation of God's love here, you will see right now that there is nothing um, we have added to it. Have you noticed that? Listen. God called you into a relationship. And then the old dynamics of the relationship, he's the one that set it. And that's why you don't, you don't, when you say you are in a covenant with God, the covenant has, you do not add to the contract. God is the one that has everything. What he will do, everything, even what he wants you to do is the one that put it there. Then he now gives you to sign. You don't enter a contract with God and say, God, if you do this, I will do this. You are, you are too small to do that with God. No. You don't determine the content of covenant. God has no reason to sign. You see, any covenant that your signature confessed, God is not involved. He would have signed and give you to, to sign. You don't sign and tell God, oh yeah, God, I will do this for you. Now that I've done this for you. Because what you are telling him that you want to do for him so that he will do for you, he's willing to even do it for you without you doing anything. <laughs> so it's a useless covenant. It's a useless contract. Are you together with me? Yes, it's like my son signing a contract as a guy is dealing me. And say, Daddy, I'll, be, I'll wash the plate, I'll sweep the floor, but you make sure I eat morning, afternoon, and night. <laughs> now, he has cheated himself. Because he needs, he needs to do nothing for me to supply food. Why? Because I'm the one in charge of how he came. Me and God. He has no, he has no hand in his coming. He didn't decide when he wants to come. I'm the one. If I want another one to come, I'm the one that will. I will decide it. The year, the period, I will just arrange it. Exactly, God, I can say no. If God will not say no, if God will just say, okay, free game. Just. <laughs> yeah. We can do two, two years, three, three years, four, four years. If God just leave us, I say, I will not control it. Now, the children did not sign. They did not agree to it. Now, because they have come, then we owe them. Are we together here? So, his love is manifested. His love is not just a theory. It's manifested. And uh, he has taken it upon himself that you have life. Let's just see John 3.16 just for... Just to make the point tomorrow, boss, before we go to the next one, quickly. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. Now, that's another love manifested. 
which is the same thing in First John chapter 4 that we read here, is that he manifested love and he gave his son. Uh, for God so loved. And it didn't end as a feeling. And that's why, go back to First John, and that's why it's, it's imperative for us to learn this love. This love is more powerful than the natural love. Because many times when you love somebody naturally, sometimes it's not easy to manifest it. You know you can slap somebody you love. You apologize later. Huh? Now you love the person, you wish you would slap the person, but the love did not hold you from tearing the slap, right? Now have you done something wicked to someone you love before? Please tell the truth. Now not when you are in the world, now that you are in Christ Jesus. Sometimes somebody does something to you like, ah, I'll do my own back. Yeah. And you will plan it. Yeah. That this thing that you did, eh? <laughs> now, are there believers who do that? Yes. yes. So I'll do my own back. So that you will see a one mobile shindy. Ah? Now that's the person you love. Oh. You love, you love your, you love your husband, but sometimes you're still doing bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, she knows what she's saying. She did me bad today. Man. She did me bad today. So she knows what she's saying. Before coming to church, she did me bad. But, but the joy of the Lord is my son. She did me bad. Before coming to church today, she did me bad. But I said I'll be joyful. That's when I came to church. I said, today I'm full of joy. It's hard. I was trying to prepare her. <laughs> now, oh, I'm full of joy today. Yeah, I'm full of joy. I said, today is just a joyful day. I'm glad to have everything. Yeah, nobody will stop the joy. I haven't changed my clothes. I said, we're the one that will prepare her so that you say, that guy there also. So, and that's why sometimes God comes to correct us. And sometimes when you want to do your spouse wicked, the Holy Spirit who has a better love than your love, which you don't try that. Am I correct? So it means there's a love more superior than the human love. The human love is not enough. You know, the people who kill themselves send themselves text message some weeks ago about their love. And three days after, the guy born his wife. Yes. Yeah. Or the or the or the or the wife stabs the husband. People who stab their husband themselves, they love each other. Yeah. Hey, they love each other. In fact, if somehow they were not, they didn't stab themselves, that they maybe they were able to overcome that feeling. They plan to go on a date two days after. So they love each other. So that human love is 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 not. It's not perfect, right? Yes, sir. But my point, what I really want you to see is that God's love is active. Uh, very active. It is the, it is the most active uh, ingredient as regards your relationship with God. Your righteousness is not as active as God's love. You know, when we were younger, we used to ask God to forgive us from the sin we did not, the sin that, uh, unintentional sin. Huh? Sin of which one is, which one is, commission is the one, 
Yeah. You know, how many of you had a feeling before that you should not ask God for that? God does not forgive intentional sins. How many of you think about that? Yeah, that that you intentionally did it. God cannot forgive. But the question is, which sin is not intentional? Except you deceive yourself that it's not intentional. You you tell yourself you don't know what you are doing until you are done. <laughs> but have you noticed nobody jumps from the roof to break his head and say, I did not know what I'm doing. All the sins that you didn't know that you are doing are sins that interest you. Yeah. I mean, I've mistakenly, unintentionally used knife to cut your whole hand. No. Never, right? Unintentionally empty your account to go and give an offering. <laughs> Never, right? Yeah. But when you want to lie to save yourself, you say it's unintentional. Eh? Adultery fornication is what? On to say, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, you're a liar. <laughs> but my point is, whether intentional or unintentional, God forgives us. Why does God forgive us? Because God is consistent in his love. It's consistent in his love. And his love is the primary force. It's the primary reality. You need to understand this. Your righteousness is not primary. His love is what even made the relationship possible. He gathered us by his love. Am I preaching here? Now let's read the next verse. Quickly. Now in, in this is love. Not that we loved God. Now this is usually where the barrier is. We try to bring our love for God as the first thing. Now the apostle of love is saying, forget it. Not that we loved God. But that he loved us. You see, and because he loved us, he now sent his son for the propitiation. Now, when you sin, are you together with me? When you, oh, please listen to this. When you sin, you are the one that should bring the propitiation. It is the sinner that should bring the propitiation. But in our relationship with God, we sinned, God paid the propitiation. When, when, when you sin as a sinner, you should be the one paying the propitiation. But in this relationship with God, we sinned, God paid. Why? Because in this relationship, His love is first. His love is the major force of the relationship. The relationship is not 50-50. It's 100-100. And the 200 is from God. It's not, it's 100 and you're 100. Yeah, and I will show you. It's not 50-50. Now, because you are human, you have an assumption that God is a better human. God is not a better human. God is God. So in relating with him, we, we, we treat him like a good human being. Now, okay, maybe 70-30. No. It's 100. That you sinned, he pays. Oh my God. You sin, who pays? He pays. Because the dynamic of this relationship is that he, he started it. We didn't look for him. He started, our relationship with God is God's invention. And it's an invention of his faculty of love. That is not even accurate because he doesn't have another faculty. God is love. 
That your relationship with God is the fruit or an extension of God's love. That's why God, that's the reason why he would die for you. Because he loves you. Lift up your right hand and say, God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. So, in that love, his thoughts is primary. Yeah. The thought that I think towards you is good, not of evil. His thoughts are what primary. Friends, you can always predict what God is thinking concerning you. And you would always be correct. And that thought is what? Good. Always. Always. Now, listen to this. I know this is difficult for you because you do not think good when somebody does you evil. Even when you try and think good, you, you leave the evil to God. I said, me, this is a good about Allah had that point. You get the point now. You do, we don't plan to do good to someone who has done us evil. And that's why Jesus Christ said that when you love someone who loves you, you are not different from a worldly person. Now, the natural thing is to love those who love you and then hate those who hate you and trust God at least to deal with them for you. Are we together here? There's nothing I say, there's nothing I preach here. That will not make you trust God to do evil to your enemy. There's no, there's no way I can preach it. <laughs> the best I can achieve is that maybe you will try not to think evil. But you know, you're God. He <laughs> will fight your battle. And you forget that if he has fought somebody else's battle, you would have been gone. <laughs> If he has fought somebody else's battle, you would have been gone because you have been evil to someone. But God refused to fight that person's battle. That's why you are here. So if God decides to fight everybody's battle in three seconds, they will, will <laughs> evil husband will lose his wife. I say, God, ah! <laughs> Our friends here. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be perpetrated of our sin. So I'm still talking about the love. Because the love is primary, even our sins, he pays for it. Now, when you look at the verse 18 of this scripture, let's look at verse 19 of this scripture. Now, we, we loved him, we love him, but don't, 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 don't take, don't take the word, credit. It's not, it did not initially come from you. It's not, it's, you are not the primary source of even the love you have for God. It says, the reason why you love him is because he first loved you. So, true love for God stems out of understanding his love for us. Now, you can't love God because you are great, because you are good, because you are righteous, because you are a very fantastic child of God. No, you only love God when the revelation of his love dawns on you. So, so even the love we have for him is just a reflection of the one he has for us. Are we, am I preaching here? Yeah, so, it's not really our love, it's still his love. So, it's hundred hundred. He brings the hundred. The one we give to him is because of the one he gave to us. He said, we love God. But there is a reason. 
It's because he loved. So we took from his love and gave it back to him. Oh my goodness. So what does that mean? If I don't know his love, I will be handicapped in loving him. I will be handicapped in loving God if I don't know that God loves me. And if I don't make his love priority in my life and see that my relationship with God, the first thing there is not my love for him, it's his love for me. So the, the, the song of how much you love God is not as powerful as singing how much he loves you. Are you together with me? Because your love is not true. It is his love that is true. You see, your love for God has, is, 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 is worthless. It is when you can love him as he loved you. And that can only happen when you take his love and give it back to him. Does this make any kind of sense? Now, when we look at Luke chapter 7, verse 36, which is the story I would use to explain this, and um, we are good for the day because we have a, a very tough workers meeting. I'm sorry, it's not tough. <laughs> Let me not spoil my message. It's not tough, I'm just joking. It's a very lovely, it's a very love field. I'm telling you, I had this refreshment, sir. Pastor ID. Wow. 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 <laughs> All right. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the house. Of course, I told you, nowhere in scripture you see Jesus uh, rejecting food. Nowhere. No, there's no Bible verse that he was invited. So all this one that you are trying to get pastors out to your house, you did not tell me there's food. You said, as you come, as you come to what? If you tell me there's food, I'll be like Jesus, I'll come. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and Jesus went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. Right? And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. I told you this is another level of sinner. This is someone that sinners know. You know, you can be coming from your boyfriend's house and you pass Allen. <laughs> and you see those girls, and you know your boyfriend, I say, You are a Mubruku in the name. I don't know if I've done that before. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Just keep it in your heart. See, you are a Mubruku in the Oh my goodness. God will have to help these people. So this is her. this is that kind of sinner that sinners respect. <laughs> so when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. Glory to Jesus. And stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with 
her tears and wiped them with the air of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with a fragrant oil. Now, wait here. So, this is a known prostitute, right? And a successful one. Because the alabaster box that had oil in it was a very expensive one. In fact, in other renditions, they say it's like a year's salary. You know what it means? A year's salary. That's a lot of money in perfume. And that's serious, right? This is an established prostitute, a wealthy prostitute, right? Now, when you are into prostitution, which I believe you are not into, just (laughs) for the sake of my preaching, if you are into prostitution, one of the people you don't want to get around is the Pharisees. Am I correct here? You don't want to be around the Pharisees. When the Pharisees come in here, you want to go there, right? Because you know the Pharisee hates things like that and they speak against things like that. To be a prostitute is a very shameful thing. It's, it's shameful now that the world is, the world has spot is shameful. Talk less of when, then. You can imagine what it means to be a prostitute. So the prostitute is living in shame. And has, you know, there will be there will only be few people that relate to prostitutes. Maybe their children, and maybe their mother. Am I preaching here? Yes, sir. The mother or the, the the you know mothers are very strange. Mothers love strange things. Mothers love strange children. You know, a mother can love a child who is a rebellious child and. She can be going behind the father, behind the whole family to still be reaching out to that child. They are just strange. <laughs> Me, I'm not like that. No, I'm not like that. If you want to be crazy, be crazy. I'm not like that. No, I'm serious. If you want to be crazy, be crazy. I respect you. And then if you want help, I can die for you. But I don't die for people who don't who don't want help. I respect them. I'll say, hey, I'm good, yeah. Gee, that's me. But mothers are not like that. So the prostitute will always be around mothers because mothers represent a representation many times of the love of God. No matter how imperfect, but they are a representation of God's love. Right? Now the point I'm trying to make is that if you're a prostitute and then you have the boldness to kiss somebody's feet, then you must have a revelation or an assumption that the person loves you. Are you with me? Because those actions are very intimate actions that she was willing to take without shame in the presence of what represented shame. It means that there was something oozing out of Jesus that trumped whatever was oozing out of the Pharisee. Oh my goodness. And then she called she could she could ignore what was coming from the Pharisee because what was coming from Jesus was so strong enough that she knew I could connect with this one. Am I preaching here? Listen, if it was only Jesus, it's still a powerful incident. But for the Pharisee to be with Jesus, now have you ever have you ever been with? Have you ever seen someone you want to greet, but the person is with somebody you don't want to greet? 
You know, you respect yourself somehow. You know, there are some people you really, really know. And then you see them in a place, but the protocol around them is just too much. You don't want disgrace. When you get home, you send a text. I saw you last time, but I did not know how to come close. But you know, there's a way that person can be in the midst of the protocol that will, that will crumble and crush the value of protocol. If the person that they, they are, they are using to do protocol is the one pushing the protocol away and say, move on, Jack, but don't bear. You know, it gives you confidence to do what you want to do and it reduces the atmosphere of the protocol. Now, there was so much love oozing out of Jesus that the judgment of the Pharisee, oh my goodness, the judgment of the Pharisee lost power. And she could connect him that way. Does this make sense? I love this story. You know why it's my story? And it's our story. It's a successful service today. The, the percentage of this, there's really nobody sleeping yet. I'm trying. Oh, someone just yawned. Oh. I'm about to lose one person. It's well, I'm still trying. And then look at the level of intimate stuff she began to do. Like, so intimate. So intimate. And then, the love that was coming out of Jesus was so powerful that the Pharisee had no right anymore to even talk to her. Like, he knew Jesus was accepting it, and then he had to turn to Jesus and began. You see, it was not even about her anymore. It was not about Jesus. Like, you are the ones causing all this rubbish. You know, I went to the filling station to buy foil yesterday. You know, I woke up quite early. So just go get foil. We needed foil. We had some things stocked, stocked in the freezer and I wanted to get foil. So I woke up early. And then I went, I took, you know. Now, there are one or two places I can get foil for, uh, without. I, I didn't have to go. But I just felt like going. I wanted to be responsible. You know, then I wanted to score some cheap points in the house so that uh, I was the one who bought the foil. I looked like a responsible husband. You know, those kind of stuff we like to do. So I went, you know. And when I when I go back, my wife was like, I, I thought you were in the restroom. I said, No, I've been out. I said, I've been outside for about two hours. <laughs> I kept emphasizing the about two hours. You know, it says two hours like struggling <laughs> to get for for the family. You know, I kept, you know, but she, I don't know if she heard that, but it's fine. <laughs> we do it for God. <laughs> so I so I went to get well. And then I know it's not the right pronunciation is feel or whatever. I don't know what you, um, but I don't know how to pronounce that thing. It's fuel. So I went to get fuel and I was, I was trying to be a responsible guy. There was a lot of queue. The, a lot of I packed my castle where I took my jetty can and I was trying to coordinate and say, you know, this nation has to be good. You know, we're just, Speaking all the grammar, you know, and some people were on my side, and we're just trying to set everything right. Then one guy brought his jerry can and just put and told the guy to put for it. There was one guy I took. I took his jerry can to the last. This other guy, I told him, "No, you're not going to buy for here. You have to kill. We have to in this nation. We have to learn to do things rightly." <laughs> and the guy looked at me and said, "No, me, I don't kill." Yeah, he says. He said, "I don't kill." I said, "No, you have to kill." Then, then the boy who was selling the fool would threaten him if you sell fool. And then the boy told the, the guy, but apparently the guy knows the boy. Or the boy knows the guy. And then the boy 
was telling the guy to hold on, was telling that guy to hold on. And then that guy began to rake for the boy and said, it's because of you these people can. You see, Jesus, the Pharisee couldn't face that woman anymore. Because Jesus had messed everything up. And then it was Jesus... He bought well. He didn't kill, actually. If you are interested about the end of that, the boy actually doesn't kill. I'm sure you're waiting for a very powerful, righteous end. All right, just this one, man. And so that, that scenario was an impossible scenario. Having, having that woman and Jesus in the same place, that intimate was impossible and Jesus caused it. Why? Because his love takes charge. His love is, his first. His love took charge of everything and that gave the woman access. Are we together here? It gave her access to Jesus. And then, and then the Pharisee then confronted Jesus. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, "This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is is who is touching him. She's a sinner. This man is not a prophet; he's fake. If he was a prophet." He would know who's touching him. Why? Why is he thinking this way? He's thinking this way because he has an assumption that in our relationship with God, who we are come first. But in our relationship with God, who he is comes first. So he knows who she is, but that's not the first important revelation. The first important thing is who is Jesus? He's not a prophet. He's a lover. He's not a prophet. He's not. He's not the first. The, his his primary. Um, um, the, who he is is God. I mean, you, never, you never see people say God is a prophet. It's always God is love. Yes. You see, because in his head he thought that the most important thing what God does is to find out who we are. He's a prophet. He needs to know who she is. So we think God is so concerned about knowing who we are. I say, who are you? And sometimes you pray and say, God, reveal me to me. Let me know who I am. Let me see. Is there any terrible thing in me? Let me see. Oh, God, if I reveal you to you, you are going to die. You were so bad, I had to nail you on the cross. Not me revealing you to you. Now, what I want to reveal is me to you. Does this sound like the gospel? Yes, sir. And so, he says, you're a prophet. You should know her. No, I'm love. She should know me. She should know me. And sometimes the reason why a lot of us are afraid to get closer to Jesus is that you are knowing yourself. And that you have counted yourself invalid. But as per your relationship with God, you don't come first. His knowledge comes first. So it's not about knowing who you are. If you keep focusing on yourself, you won't get close to him. But if you could just have a glimpse of who he is, he's too beautiful to let go. He's too beautiful to ignore. He's too beautiful to walk away from. 
Am I preaching here? Yes, sir. If you are a prophet, if you are now, I'm more than a prophet. I'm God. And God is love. I know me. You see, and sometimes, sometimes you are telling God, God, hey, you don't know me. God, you know where I go. And God says, no, no, no. I know myself. And myself is the primary factor in my relationship with you. I know myself. Wow. This is this man who a prophet who know what manner of woman. Now this is not the first thing. Friends, I said this is not the first thing. It's not about her, it's about him first. Don't forget what we read. We love him, but because he first loved us. It's always about him first. Is this making sense to you? Friends, she had a supernatural revelation of God's love. That was what happened that day. And for the first time, she didn't feel like sleeping with another man. She felt like worshipping for the first time. When she saw God's love, are you together with me? Friends, for you to go to the level of being a prostitute in Israel... It must have been so bad for you. Yeah. It must have been such a help, hopeless and helpless case. But how does a prostitute have the ability to now break all her savings for, for, for a lifetime? She had saved. You see, that oil represented everything that she has. That's her worth. How come she was able to break it? It was because she found a lover. She found a lover and she was able to waste everything on him. She broke everything on him. Why? Because she saw someone who loved her. She had the revelation that this man loves me. Are we together here? This man loves me. If this man loves me, then I don't need to save anything anymore. If this man loves me, then I don't, I don't need to, 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 to navigate life by myself. If this man loves me, I don't need to be corny. If this man loves me, I don't need to steal. If this man loves me, I don't need, if this man loves me this much, if this is really this thing that I'm seeing, then it's okay with me. Then it will be fine with me. Like, what she did is so dangerous. It's so risky. Where will she start from? Where will she start from? It was a big risk she took. But in love we are covered. Yes. I said we are covered in love. Yes. This man, if a prophet would know who or what manner of woman this is who is touching him for she's a sinner. The next verse. And just answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say. Go ahead and say it. Rubbish. How would you allow this? Say whatever you want to say. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to pay, he fully forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Now, why are they loving him? Is it because they are good? Why? Because he forgave them. Now, why did he forgive? What's forgiveness? It's an act of love. 
love manifested. Yes. One of the ways it manifests is, is forgiveness. And so forgiveness, am I preaching here? Yes. Forgiveness makes us love. So if God wants you to love him more, if God needs you to love him, what will he do? He'll forgive you. He'll forgive you. And that forgiveness will make you grow in his love. Yes. Oh my goodness. Like you, you, God forgive you and then you just love him more. Yes. Am I preaching here? Yes, Tell me never which of them will love him more. So, so I'm going to love. Now, if God forgive me 40 of maybe 500 dinary, and I'm on away with 500 dinary. If I think he forgive me, forgive just 20 dinary. That's the level at which I will love him. You see, so I can't love him more than my awareness of his love for me. So love is not, you don't go to a factory to develop love. You discover his love. That's only when you can love him. So you see, love is not a proof of deep spirituality. It's just an out, it's, it's an, it's an outflow, an output of the amount of his love that you are aware, that you have received. So when you're not loving the Lord well enough, my, the solution is not to go love him. The solution is to find out his, receive his love. Receive his love. If you knew God loved you, you would stop a lot of things. Yeah. Tell me therefore which of them will, will, will love him more. Simon answered, I said, Sup, suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you are rightly judged. Now he turned to the woman and said to Simon, he turned to the woman and then he was speaking to Simon. You see this woman? So he, looked at, he looked at the woman. You see this woman, Simon? You see this woman? I entered your house. Praise God. I don't know if you allow me to preach. I entered your house. And this is what you, many of you say when you, when you talk about how Muslim converts are more passionate for the Lord. It was because Jesus was with you in the church. But you didn't know you were a sinner. But that boy who is outside knows he's a sinner. So that's why they look more passionate. Because Jesus was in the Pharisee's house. It was not even, the woman, it was not even a house. It was the Pharisee's house. But revelation drew her to where he was. He says, do you see this woman? I enter your house. Now, even though it was your house, you gave me, you gave me no water. To my feet. So you say, what we want people to give God? We don't have to deceive them. If they grow in love, they'll grow in giving. Now, say, if you give, if you give, God will build out for you. When people find out how God loves them, they, they will repent, they will, they will, they will give and say, God, I'm sorry, is this little? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet. Praise God. But she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with air of her head. Can you see the level of extreme humility? Just because of awareness of God's love. Extreme. So when anybody is proud, they don't know the love of God. The love of God. See, the love of God messes you up. You just know you are nothing. You know, God will mess you know, you are nothing. You don't, you no longer want to live under your righteousness or under what you have, under your money and all of that. You know, it doesn't just make sense to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, when, when, when you have, when the love of God enters inside you, you count the privilege whoever you are relating with. 
Because you know that you are not, for example, if you're a pastor, when the love of God is inside you, you don't see your people as subjects. Yeah. Uh, you sit down there, you shut up. Because you think you are something. Yeah. You think you've matured to not become man of God. Yeah. The people now, you know, are res- respecting you because you are great. But when you really see the love of God, you're like, what? This me? No, I shouldn't be the pastor. You find that people will be in the congregation who are better than you. But love chose you. Yeah. And then it just keeps you humble and calm. Yeah. And you are careful how you speak and how you do. When you see the love of God, it, it, it affects how you treat your wife. You don't want to treat her bad. Because you know that you are not even deserving of a wife in the first instance. Are you together with me? He said, she did not do anything for me. But this woman did a lot. She wiped my, my feet with her hair, the hair of her head. And you gave me no kiss. This woman has not ceased to kiss my feet. Since, since the time I came in, she kissed my leg, my dirty leg. She kissed it. You do not anoint my head with any oil. This woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, as sins which are many, they are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So, you love based on your awareness of his love. So, you see, forgiveness is the highest manifestation of love. When you grow in love, your ability to forgive increases. So, you see, when you're not forgiving your spouse, eh, it's not that you are a wicked person. You are not just aware of God's love. You are an immature Christian because you are not aware of God's love. That's why you can hold grudge. You see, you hold grudge because you are righteous. You have a sense of righteousness. That's why you hold God. You, you, you think you are righteous. You see, when you find out that you are a terrible person who has received mercy, you will be kind. You'll be kind. When you see people who are not, they are not aware. They have forgotten their own sins and they have not received God. You remember, you remember the other woman who they went to stone because she committed in the act of adultery. How do you come out from, from adultery to go and stone somebody? Like the, many of them went to store her were people who do, if they heard the noise from the room they were in. See, I want to, uh, which kind of service? <laughs> Crazy man. Which kind of sense be this? Ah, for this is the way we did. People bad you. <laughs> and Jesus said, if you haven't done this before, Cast the first stone, and suddenly they remembered. How did you do this thing? And it was the oldest, the ninety-five-year-old man that first dropped his stone. People were wondering, "Elder, Elder, Egbo, Egbo, Adubo," and everybody left. Are you with me? And and, 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 Jesus says something very important. He said, where are your accusers? That's a very important statement. You see, because the only reason why she was still, she still had her head bowed is because of in her mind. You see, the accusers had, had, they were there physically, but she couldn't see them again, but in her mind they were still there. And whenever you are aware of accusers, you never move forward. You see, accusation is one of the greatest attacks of the enemy over your life. It keeps you down. Whenever you feel accused, you don't want to lift up your head to move forward. 
Are you together with me? We always put our heads down when we feel accused. Accusation is an attack. See it as that. And just Christ had to deal with it. If he didn't deal with that accusation, he should stay there for a long time. He says, where are your accusers? They've all gone. Then he now told her, even I don't accuse you. All accusation had to be dealt with. Even the one you think is a godly one has to be dealt with. It says, even me, I do not accuse you. Then you can now progress and sin no more. Are you together with me? You see, a lot of people continue with sin because they stay in the same spot, in the same spot because of accusation. And when you stay in the same spot because of accusation, the chances of repeating the same sin increase. Am I preaching here? I don't know if you are listening to this. And so you owe yourself to never stay under the envelope of accusation. And then you owe people to make sure that you never represent the voice of accusation. You have to do everything in your power to let people know that you, you, you don't ever represent a voice of accusation. You must represent the voice of freedom, restoration, and new beginning. Come on, can we give God praise for the house? Lot much, and, and, and this we must do even even in the context of families, you know, our homes. You see, because there's a lot of sin that has been committed at home, a lot of offenses. Why 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 is the offenses? Why is your wife or your husband offending you more than the other beautiful people outside? You know, sometimes you go outside, see the way people treat you, and then you come home, you see the way you are, and ah, you know, I was speaking to one of my guys recently, and he just and he said, Pastor, hey, my guy, it's all now. Can you make me stand in me? Stand in me. I'm saying, he said, big boy in me. He said, I said, I don't want to go, no big boy in me. He now began to mention, say, see this, see this, I'm big boy in me now. Who can walk by me so well? I'm big boy in me. And the thing was really painful. He's like, that's what he said. The boss is a big boy in me now. And he was mentioning it to see who I am. So I'm big, big boy in the world. This, who can come walk by me so well? Now, there is resumption time and closing time. Everybody you're relating with relate with you on a time frame. Now, the person you are married to relates with you all the time. Even when you are at work, the person you are married to is still relating with you in text message and chats and all of that. Now, it's easy to be good for five hours. And it's easy to be good for five hours where you are only allowed to release about three faculties of your personality. Your brain, your intellect, how to send mails, how to, this is, those are the things you are doing. All your other things about where you put your boxers and all of that doesn't come into the context of those you are relating with. So those ones are relating with your brain, but this person is relating with your life, your personality. If those people switch roles, you'll find out you're a bad person. You're a bad person. I tell you, who's your big boy? Yeah, dirty boy. Dirty boy. <laughs> so, the point I'm making is this. That we are going to offend. There's going to be a lot of sin at home. Because we relate. We're always together. And um, and um, the tendency of our thoughts showing is high. So, in the context of the home, you need to be aware that God has forgiven you. 
and receive the love of God as a person. And let that translate in how easy it is for you to forgive your spouse because you are going to need to do it on a daily basis. And if you don't, if you are not aware of God's love, now the love of God will do two things to you. You know you are accepted by God and two, you know you are not that great. It, it, it lets you know that you are great because God said that you are great. And he said it because he loves you, not because he's so great in you. It's his love that put greatness on you. So that way you can forgive regularly. Now, if you can forgive, and that's why when they ask Jesus, how many times should we forgive? Because the people will say, okay, let's settle this thing. Tell me the amount of time, because people are crazy. Tell me the amount of times I can forgive them, and after that, I deal with them. Because they are crazy people. And I still want to be right. So I said, okay, 70 times 77 in one day. What was he trying to say? Just be in a position where you have a bank, CBN. And what it fools there? Forgiveness. Because we are all terrible people. We are only justified because of love. Am I preaching here? Now, see, let's read the next verse. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Next verse. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Go down alone. He said to the woman, eh? See, who, who is this who forgives sins? Who is this? Come. I need to preach to you. I need to tell you something you need to know. That you see, you are going to receive forgiveness that men think you don't deserve. And they are not confident to say that you don't deserve it. That's what happened there. So he said, who is it that forgives sin? It's not about that. It's about, can sins be forgiven? And let's not forgive sin. You see, because the news that move are news of sins. And if, if the sin is forgiven, it will not be a news anymore. And the flesh likes news, bad news. Are you together with me? So naturally, we don't like to forgive sins. I tell you the truth. It's a sign of the fallen nature. We don't like when sins are forgiven. You like to retain sin. You cannot just see somebody that ah, you know, little now just because we like to invalidate people, especially when God is blessing them. We try to find that people are not deserving of the thing God is giving them, and the only way we can do that is to keep their shortcoming. You see, because that will not make you feel terrible for not being promoted if we can get everybody low. You understand? Because sometimes we see people's promotion as as invalidation of ourselves. If, if this person is promoted, that means I'm not good enough. But because you also think you'll be promoted because you are good. And promotion doesn't come because anyone is good. It's his love that promotes us in the order of his purpose and his counsel. Am I preaching here? So people like to retain people's sin. You like to disqualify people. It's natural to you. You have to learn not to disqualify people. You see, a wise man once said that if you find it hard to see what is good in, in other people, then you need to find out what is wrong with you. Because something is really wrong with you. When you only want to keep the memory of, of wrong, of evil. So we're like, and listen, if you are waiting for men to join God to forgive you, you wait for a long time. Yeah. You're waiting for men. And a lot of us always wait for men. No, don't wait for men. Just go on with the journey that God has ordained you. Listen, by the time God lifts you up, men will change their mouth. They will say, I've always known this guy. Ah, 
I've always known this woman to be, I've, since the first day pastors are called your name, I knew you would be, I'm telling you, people are going to say stop. I've always known, you see, people are so fickle. Yeah. You have no business waiting for them. Yes. So Jesus didn't answer them. Jesus just told her, he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What's the faith? Love. Because faith works by love. It means that the more you are aware that God loves you, you can launch out faith. Are you together with me? If God loves me, then he wants good things for me. Then you can latch on to good things. Then you can say prosperity is mine. Greatness is mine. Why? You don't look at yourself before you said it. Because if you looked at yourself, prosperity is not yours. But you look at who loves you, prosperity is mine. Have you seen how children behave when that is around? When that is around, they want this. I want milk. I want milk. I want profit. I want this. They want all of that because the person who loves them has come. And any small thing, if you just rub their head, they can go, and they report to us. He has killed me. Why? Because the, the, whenever the person has, that loves you comes, your faith rises. And then you can request. The reason why you are not requesting is because you are not sure of the love. The day you are sure of love, you will request. Yes. Oh my goodness. I said, the day you are sure of love, you will request. That's why God knows those who know that he loves them. Yes. By their request. If you are not requesting. That is why God says you need to ask me. Yes. Because to ask God, is it means our love relationship is ongoing. Yes. I know what you need, but I need you to have faith to ask. Because when you have faith to ask, it's proof that you are sure that I love you. Are you together with me? Who's going to ask for great and mighty things? Great and mighty things. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for peace. Ask for plenty. Ask for prosperity. Ask for righteousness. Ask for destiny. Ask for nations. Ask! And it shall be given to you. Because you are loved by God. And this love is the premise of the relationship. And sometimes you just can't continue some things because you just know this man loves me too much. I don't want to continue this. I'm loved by God. I'm loved by God. Can I get someone screaming, I'm loved by God. One more time, I'm loved by God. Now for the last time, you're going to jump, wait, you're going to jump on your feet, you're going to scream and say, I'm loved by God. One, two, three, go, come on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 